This is the Alpaca Podcast for all things alpaca. If you're an owner, a soon-to-be owner, a want-to-be owner, or are just alpaca mad or love the fleece, welcome to the Alpaca Tribe. I'm Steve Hetherington. Hi, Steve here, and welcome to the podcast for alpaca people. It's so good to see you again. So the good news is we managed to get all the shearing done before the rain came. Uh, not that we've had very much rain. We had bits and pieces, but that was good. So we managed to get the last one done yesterday. So it was really strange this morning, getting up and not putting on my, well, I was going to say my scruffy clothes, my, my working clothes, my, my even scruffier than normal working clothes for shearing. So we didn't have to do that. I'm less stiff at the end of the day than I was <laughs> at the end of every other day. Ah, oh, all that bending, lifting, carrying, moving, all those things. It's not my most favourite job, that's for sure. But at the same time, well, it's good to finish. And there's that sense of satisfaction when you finish. But also it's a great opportunity to spend time with your alpacas much more <laughs> literally hands-on and also kind of close up. You get to see them in a different way. You get a true look at their condition, how they're doing, how they've come through the winter. And once the fleece is taken off, you're getting to see what the fleece might have been hiding. And there's a few extra wrinkles in places. That's probably true of all of us. And they generally seem to be in good shape. Uh, which was good. Good to see. One of the things that I, I was kind of musing on was it's a great opportunity to really build trust or completely destroy it. Uh, so you need to be careful how you manage them, how you handle them, and what it is that you you do. Now, you do have to take hold of them. You do have to position them to be able to restrain them so you can shear uh, for their safety and for yours. But at the same time, there are ways and ways of doing all these things. Um, so how many people does it take to shear an alpaca? I know you thought I was going to say change your light bulb, but how many people does it take to shear an alpaca? Well, there's the person doing the cutting, there's the person doing the moving of the animals, there's the person doing the collecting of the fleece, there's the person doing the trimming of the toenails, there's the person doing the injections, vaccinations, if you're doing any. There's the person doing the moving things, sweeping up afterwards, moving things, the, the rubbish into a corner to be disposed of. There's the person who brings all of the cups of tea. And there's the person who brings the sandwiches, make sure the sandwiches are made for lunch. There's the person who changes the combs and cutters between animals. There's the person who labels all of the bags so that you know whose fleece is whose. And the person who moves the bags and stacks them up. How many is that? That's a lot, isn't it? Now, of course, that can all be done by <laughs> the same person or not many people. So there was two of us instead of our team of 10 or 12 or 15. Um, you don't need a 10 team of 15, but it, it's always helpful, I think, to have a few more people in the mix, uh, provided they've got the experience, provided they've got the willingness. Um, yeah. So that's how many people it takes 
to shear an alpaca. One of the things I found was that the, the girls got a bit suspicious and some stopped coming down to the stable for tea or for breakfast. They were suspicious of me, but also suspicious of the place. I always feed them in the stable and field nearby, etc. But yeah, it's a little bit daunting to return to the place where you've had such an experience with the shearing. But we cleaned up yesterday, moved all the things out, and they used the stable very happily last night. And they're happy to be around again because they know the bits that are needed for shearing have now gone. And I'm not wearing my boiler suit. <laughs> so what, what clothes you wear can make a difference as to how your alpacas view you, I think. So they get suspicious of the place, they get suspicious of you and the things that you're carrying and the things that you, you're doing. But it soon flips back again. Because they do trust you. They do know you. They do understand what's going on. Some of the things that we were, were doing meant, uh, do you feel successful? I say, a bigger question really is, what, what does success mean to you? It's a bit of a moving target, isn't it? Even if you're doing the same things, what is successful is different all the time and for different animals you know when we were moving them and bringing them in and what would be success for one animal would be failure <laughs> abject failure for another one so you know your individual animals and how they're likely to to behave and then you can judge whether you've been successful in not stressing them too much and moving them forward you take them as small wins all those small wins add up to progress and it builds towards mastery, or is there an end point? Is there a finish point? Well, less so with alpacas and similar, you know, caring for animals. But the overall things, the condition, they were in good condition. We didn't have, we had a couple of cuts. Um, oh, I hate cuts. I hate it, hate it, hate it. And it's one of those things that knocks my confidence. So with the next animal, it's more difficult, and I think I'm more likely to. <laughs> To, to nick them again. So you've got to have that kind of mindset that you're doing the best you can and you keep doing, and you if you hesitate and you're not sure, then you do hesitate. You don't, don't do it anyway and hope it's going to be okay. You don't kind of, because there was a couple of, I just hesitated and I I should have changed my position to get a better angle for the, the, the shears to go, particularly up around the chest area and the wrinkles up there and the, some of them are not, the younger ones are not so so wide between the legs, so it's difficult at the front there to 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 get a full sized thing. So the little ones actually, even though there's much smaller animals, took a lot longer to do. And some of the uh, the other ones, we we rattled through them quite quickly. Well, for us, we always take a bit longer anyway. But yeah, so it's all those things are are learning things and and overall a sense of success and achievement. Millie. We, we, I think with Millie and Hermione, the two, two old girls, I made a mistake. I, normally we would do Millie first, but I didn't this time. I kind of left her, but it meant that every time we were moving animals around and separating them into, you know, bring some down to the stable, that kind of thing. It was a little bit tricky because Millie would get stressed thinking, oh, it's going to be shearing time. And then we didn't scoop her up and we didn't take her in and, we didn't do the shearing. And in fact, 
they were done right at the end of the girls, the group of girls. We did the boys afterwards, but they were done right at the end of the group of girls. And I, th- I really think I made a mistake there. I think I should have done them earlier. Um, I think they would have been less stressed by the process. Yeah. So we're learning all the time. That's one of my lessons that I learned this time. And Millie, when I let her go, she ran away. She doesn't do that normally, but she ran away down the field. And then she kept going. And then I went to check she was okay. And she ran off even further. And I thought, oh, goodness me. And then there was an alarm cry from her because she was getting really stressed by my moving towards her. And I, oh, goodness, that's not normal behavior. Um, So that was a mistake. And I'm really disappointed that that was how it ended. Uh, We tidied her up. We did a shearing with a spacer on just so that it was slightly longer for the winter because the fleece isn't growing as much. And she's doing okay. But yeah, she's getting a bit older and a bit more stressed, I think. Mm. Hermione too, she got a little bit more stressed and was kind of wheezing a little bit. There was a bit of sound of... There was her, her her deep, she's got a really deep sound when she's kind of, mm, mm, mm. and yeah. So that wasn't so good either. Um, she was showing signs of of being stressed and in her breathing and things. So she's, she's getting to be really quite an old girl. She's a bit fragile. So we're taking extra care of her, but I just think, oh, I wish I'd done it differently. You can't. Once once you're finished, you can't go back and start again and do it differently. But next year we can. So we'll make some notes and take that forward. And that's one of the things I was going to suggest, actually, was that we, you make notes as you go. So there's a – Millie was limping. No, she wasn't limping. But she had a little something on her foot, little – possibly a little abscess, not on the bottom pad, which is normally where they are, but a little bit higher uh, and separate. So we need to follow up on that and check she's okay. So we made a note of that. And a few of the others as well. I guess the other thing to be aware of is to know your limitations for the day. How many can you get through in a day? We were doing them ourselves. We we didn't have a rush. We didn't have to do everything all at once. Um, we did have 42 to get through. So we paced ourselves and we worked through. And some animals took longer than we expected because there were little like, complications that we had to sort out. So know your limitations. Don't overstretch. And we were really fortunate with the weather. It stayed dry most of the time. A couple of times it was a bit damp and we had a later start than we would have liked, but essentially they managed to to stay dry for us to be able to do the shearing, which was good. So we were fortunate with the weather. You can't control that, of course, but it's it's good to have that in mind. Make sure that you're doing the right kind of things. Other observations from from the shearing, some of them were spitting. Some of them always do. Some of them are screamers and they just could scream through, spit through the whole process. But some of them were spitting a bit, less spitting this year, which is good. And some of them were spitting, but not really at us. They were just upset and they were making a point, but it wasn't directed. That was interesting. And some of them, as they're getting older, you know, you're judging the fleeces, it's coming off. Uh, Well, before... Once we get them settled and, and secured, then we'll check the fleece and how, how long is it? How is, is it looking like there's going to be some useful stuff or, or less useful stuff? Some of the older ones, it's not so long now. You need about two inches to make it useful. There was stuff that we threw away that we possibly would have held on to in previous years. So we're getting better at making those quick, easy decisions. Just keep it simple. 
keep it simple and practical. I think preparation, preparation and mindset are really important. So doing the preparation, getting all your equipment, getting your um, your bits and pieces in, in hand. We discovered some of our combs uh, being sharpened a few times more than I'd realised, and some of them are worn really smooth in in the area where there's the channel that carries the oil, and that was that was an issue. So we had to get some new to replace those, and hmm, that's worth checking. So I'm going to review them once we've got them all cleaned, sent off, and sharpened again, and then we'll we'll keep them in a slightly different place so they don't. There's a, just a couple of them had a little bit of rust spots on them. What is that about? Oh, I didn't think they were going to suffer with any rust at all but next year we'll we'll keep them in a, a a drier place we won't keep them down in the stable but we'll keep them further away and up in the house in a sealed container and in in a cupboard out of the way so that will keep them in good condition ready for next year yeah so all those things are reflections on what went on and the kind of lessons again from this year. The youngsters, they generally did did well. Some of them took, as I said, took longer than we expected, but uh, it was nice to be able to transform them. Some of them were really woolly bears. Oh, they, they turned into these tiny little things. What? It's a different animal. This is quite, it is quite extraordinary sometimes, the contrast between the full fleece and the next one. We, we also trimmed some of the ends off. I know some people uh maybe controversially but not maybe not um do an early shear do a do a shear, shear of they're doing all or they do all the animals at the same time so even if the the career are, are quite young they will shear them as well take the you know not full full uh close shear but they will take the tops off it just means that it doesn't attract all of the debris in the same way that the ends are slightly better so you lose a bit but you gain other things. And so we trimmed off some of the rubbishy stuff that was all full of vegetation. And we ended up with more usable fleece from the youngsters, which was a good lesson to learn as well. How long? <laughs> how long have we been doing this and how long how long has it taken us to learn that? But there we are. So as I say, always learning. There's always things to be gained, always things to be worked on. One of the things I noticed today, they they've gone back to being much more relaxed around me and allowing me to walk through them without having to panic and run away. Um, when you first start off, they tolerate you in the field. <laughs> They're not very keen, but they'll tolerate you. But over time, they do get used to They like to see you. Uh, not just because you bring the food, although that's part of it, but they are inquisitive. They like you being around. So spending time with your alpacas is a good, good for them, good for you. And that tolerance turns into trust which is also a good thing. So there's my few thoughts on a roundup of the shearing from this year and and the animals we were dealing with. Two brown youngsters, Nidian and Wenner. Well, they're both the same kind of, kind of colour, but one, once we sheared, was really dark. She's almost like a bay colouring. So really dark on the, on the neck. Uh, and then down onto the body. It's dark around the face. We always that was always useful to be able to differentiate. So I have to look what, learn what they look like. Which one's this one? It's a small white one. I'm not quite sure which one it is anymore. So we, we gradually you work out who's with who and better behaviour and 
you get used to we'll 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 get that back again we'll know who's who at a distance fairly soon it always comes back again roundup of other things in the valley the lake continues to what i'm not quite sure what it's doing actually is it receding the water level going down still not really but the greening is happening around the edges which would normally be submerged and that's being a little bit attractive so this morning i suddenly noticed at a distance alpacas where they shouldn't be hey don't you know i've put a fence there to stop you getting onto the that's supposed to stop you getting onto the sand and silt <laughs> oh dear little panic so it was a white one and i think it was talia but it's difficult to tell she's looking very uh slightly different looking like, like a lot of the others as i'm just saying about identifying at a distance but she was definitely in a place she shouldn't be one of them so i went down there and uh discovered there was a black one instead oh no it's not millie again is it and it wasn't millie was nearby but she wasn't actually down and they're just off the edge it's not it is pretty firm says that, that they weren't in immediate danger but uh not to be encouraged so we worked out where the the gap is that they got down onto it's a smaller step down and we will run some more fencing in the way to keep them out just sensible to make some precautions so i've ordered my posts and they'll be arriving in a couple of days and then in the <laughs> be a bit more work to be done to protect that i'm not going to fence the whole of the lake but there are some things that that are a bit more obvious that are a problem so we shall deal with those and then of course they can't get where they have been going so they'll go to the new place uh we also had the we got a because it's a lake and we've had visitors and things we we have a uh a boy don't mean that life preserver You'll have to interpret it for, for whatever setting works for you, but it's a, it's a round floating disc that you throw out in the water for people to, to save them. And uh, it hangs up on a post near the edge of the lake. And the alpacas love playing with it. And they pull the rope and disentangle, and, and we've, we've had one of them get all tangled up in it. But generally, but they, they just pull it off and play with it. So we found a little way of tidying that up. So we've got a reusable cable tie, which we, use for that, we used for that. Not ideal, but it keeps it all in one place and i'm hoping that we're not gonna have to make use of it but you never know so great to see you thank you for being here and look forward to seeing you again soon and if you can go spend some time with an alpaca bye for now This is the Alpaca Tribe, and I'm Steve Hetherington. Have a great day.